This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show on tap. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. Really excited about this talk today. Erica Yawn, WVSA Olympic Development Program coach. Erica, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Well, we're going to be talking to Erica today about the female side of coaching. Uh, Erica is a coach and has been with our uh, West Virginia Soccer Association Olympic Development Program, also coaching other places, and she was a former player, former ODP person. Um, But before I kind of let everything, and you don't have to talk about anything, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about your journey in soccer so far? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm a Morgantown native, so definitely familiar with West Virginia Soccer Association and everything that kind of goes along with it. So grew up in Morgantown, um, grew up around the West Virginia women's team and um, watching those players and and watching how successful that program has been. Went off and played college in, at Purdue University for four years. Um, moved to the Northern Virginia area a couple years ago, I think in 2018, started coaching kind of on the side, but made it my full-time gig in 2020. Um, and now it's kind of like a whirlwind. The past year has been crazy. So I'm coaching club in Northern Virginia still. I'm helping out with some clubs here in West Virginia. I'm on now on staff with the West Virginia women's soccer team as a goalkeeper coach. As you said, I do West Virginia ODP too. So I've kind of have my hand in like 6,000 different things, which is a little overwhelming, but I think it's, it's been pretty awesome. So needless to say, you've been busy. Uh, yeah, you should see how much mileage I put on my car the past couple of years. <laughs> I can only imagine. And I'm yeah. sure one of those, uh, putting mileage on was your newest license that you received from us soccer federation, just received your C license. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now tell us about that process of what it was like to go through to get your C. Yeah, so um, for those who are not familiar with the licensing um, pathways, so USSF and every country's federation um, have a licensing pathway for coaches. So for the for the U.S. soccer side, we have the grassroots level, which is for for people who are just starting out. It's great for parents who are, you know, maybe volunteer coaching their team or their kids team or whatever. Um, Grassroots level, then there's the D. C, B, A. So it works itself up backwards. So um, I completed my D in 2019, I believe. Um, And then obviously COVID hit. So I did want to accelerate the process, but I finally got my seat this year. I I did it through the Virginia State Association, actually. So I did it in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is really great experience. I mean, when you get up into these upper level um, licenses, the, the networking is really great. I mean, you meet a lot of coaches who are like-minded, a lot of them who are full-time, similar to what I'm doing. So your whole life is soccer. Um, In big clubs, in small clubs, on the college side, on the women's side, on the men's side. So there's a lot of diversity there and who is getting the licenses, which is really interesting to kind of connect with them and and obviously learn from the instructors as well. So, and and then I'm excited to go through the B&A because that's an even more immersive experience with a little bit more um, 
reach, you know, there's less licenses being offered throughout the year as you go up. So obviously, you know, people from all over are kind of come together for, for those licenses as well. So I'm like looking forward to that. Now, I think what a lot of people don't understand is this is a multi-step, multi-level process, and it is a very time-consuming process as well, and and can be on the expensive side too. Um, you know, it's not you go for a weekend and you do all your things and bada bing, bada boom, you're a C license. You actually have to go through this process, and then you have to go back and apply everything that you've done, and then go back for more after that. Tell us about what you've learned and, and how you're applying it now with your current jobs. Sure. Um, it is a 20 week course, a 22 week course, whatever for the C license. So um, there's a couple weeks where you, you know, especially with COVID now, a lot of things are virtual. So we did a, what was called a hybrid, hybrid model. So a lot of you have a lot of online assignments. Um, I think week four or five, you come in for a weekend and you do on-field assessment. So you watch a, a path of a game, you create a session based on a moment of the game that you're assigned. You run that session with either kids or you run it with um, the other coaches who are on the license with you. And then obviously you're evaluated based on that. So, um, and then you go through the rest of the course, you know, towards the end, I think week 18. So you go back in for another in-person. So it is very intensive. There are lots of assignments that are due within that entire 20 week process. You do group meetings, you do individual meetings with your instructor. So it is extremely time consuming. Um, and so it's been actually really awesome. So the biggest piece that I've taken away from the C license is uh, recording and watching your own stuff. So a lot of a lot of clubs now are utilizing video software for their games, which is extremely useful for players to go back and watch clips. It's great for recruiting. Um, it's great for coaches to go and watch moments and um trends of their team and you know break down certain things and learn how to break down film which i think can be a really really useful learning tool from the coaching and player side that being said we don't do a lot of recording of training sessions and we definitely don't do a lot of recording of your own coaching so it's been it was really interesting some of the the assignments were you know you submit an assignment where you know you write out a a, a session based on whatever you're trying to accomplish and then the second piece of that is that you record yourself doing it and you're mic'd up the whole time. So you go back and you watch it and you pick out moments in the in the um, video. And what's really interesting is when you start watching yourself coach, you start to pick up some things like, oh, I hate that I do that. Or, you know, that wasn't a really useful point. Or how can I make that? They obviously were confused when I said that. So how can I say it better? So it's a it's very much a great learning tool from the coaching side of things to really look through that stuff. But I know, you know, not every coach has the capability or the resources to do that. So that's where it gets difficult. But, you know, it was a great way for me to see that. And now I try to utilize that a little bit more when I can. Yeah, that uh, watching yourself on videotape is so um, makes you so self-aware of the things rough. that you do. <laughs> yeah, it can be rough. It really can be because you're seeing how you're how you portray yourself, the words that you're using, the way that you're explaining things, and it just makes you such a better. That's why they always tell you in speech classes to record yourself giving a speech. That way you can go back and, and learn from it. And you bring up such a great point of how valuable that is and how more of us coaches need to be doing that just so that we're more on point with things. 
Um, I think one thing that a lot of people may say, especially at the grassroots level, I mean, obviously you're making this part of your life. This is your life is coaching soccer in one way, shape or form. Why is it important for people to go out and get these licenses, especially at the grassroots level? Um, I think it's a source of information. And I want to preface this by saying, you know, when I talk about licensing and and that kind of stuff, you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt. Um, Licenses and educational opportunities in coaching are great ways to introduce yourself to new information, new ways of thinking, network with other people, um, and kind of expose yourself to different perspectives. Having great lots of licenses doesn't necessarily make you a great coach. Having no licenses doesn't necessarily make you a bad coach. So I think it's really important for people who are going through and and choosing to go through this process to really be able to step back and, and see that it's one educational piece in the bigger picture. You know, um, experiences are obviously an educational tool. Um my advice for anyone, especially with going through grassroots and just kind of learning the game is watch as much as you can. So obviously getting the licenses is great. You, they, it's a good framework for, you know, if you, especially for parents who are volunteer coaches or things like that, or somebody who's just getting started with coaching, who maybe was a player and has no idea how to deliver information. It's a great way to kind of start learning how to deliver information to kids in a way that they can take away from it. Um, but my my advice is on top of that, go watch soccer, either professional level at the youth level, go be an assistant for and find mentors that you can surround yourself with. Go be an assistant for different teams at different age groups, both genders, um, involve yourself in, in rec programs and um, travel programs. So getting both the high level kids and the low level kids, because I think people do not give enough credit to people who coach, you know, third and fourth teams or rec level kids. That's extremely difficult to keep everyone on track. It's extremely difficult to um, develop players who don't have a lot of familiarity familiarity with the game. You know, it's a lot easier to coach a good player. It's really difficult to play to teach a new player. So, um, yeah, I mean, licensing is awesome, and it, it's a it's a great way to to delve into the educational piece of it and really get a lot of good information about different ways of doing things. But it definitely shouldn't be looked at as an end all be all. You know, I'm not a, any different of a coach just because I have my C license, you know, I think all the experiences that I've had up to this point, the C license is just kind of a culmination and something that I can say, you know, it's a tangible thing that shows where I'm at, but I think I was already there before I got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It just makes you, it just tweaks you a little bit, sharpens your edges right. a little bit more and, and, and makes you more effective in, in what you're doing. And like you said, how you deliver all that information. Let me ask you this question. Um, in your C license, um, were you the only woman? There were two of us. There were about 34 people in the class. There were two of us. I was on the younger side. Um, the other, the other woman that was there, she, um, has uh, had a couple decades of experience on top of me. So, but it was, I mean, you know, a lot of people say, you know, because I know you're about to go into women in coaching. I know that's the next piece. So um, kind of segue into that. I think it's good to put yourself in environments where maybe you're not the majority. And there are there are courses offered, especially um, 
WAGS or Women and Girls in Soccer does a great job sponsoring courses that are women only. And I think those are great experiences. And especially since from a financial standpoint, they do sponsor a lot of people to do that. And we'll talk more about how we can do that too. But um, yeah, talk to us, talk to us some more about why, I mean, cause I, I wish I knew the percentage off the top of my head here in the state of West Virginia. I, somebody told that to me, Tomas Olivier was, told me that figure at one point. Um, and it was pretty low a percentage of coaches in West Virginia are mostly male. Um, why do we need more women in coaching, especially in our state? Um, I think women just provide a different perspective. Um, I am very fortunate to have found great mentors and great people around me. I've only had amazing female coaches in my life. Um, and out of the male coaches that I've had, I've had some pretty awful ones. Um, and I'm not saying it's that black and white, but I think a lot of times we look at men are able to coach men and women and women are only able to coach women. And I'm lucky enough that I get to coach both genders. I coach individuals and I've been around teams with boys I don't think it bothers me, but I think it's because I've been lucky enough to be in an environment where none of my mentors have had any type of feel about it. You know, it's never been looked at as secondary. It's never been looked at as weird that I would be around the boys. Um, and we don't get that a lot on the women's on the women's side. You know, we don't bat an eye when a male is coaching a female team. Um, and we need more women, not just coaching girls, but also coaching boys. I think it's it goes hand in hand. Like we don't need to back women in a corner where they only need to be coaching girls. And um, and, and the reason I think women do so well, not just with girls but with boys as well, is that I think naturally girls tend to, especially at a young age, need a little bit more of the mental piece, of the emotional piece, and emotional. They need to know the why. Why are we doing this? Boys, they just want to win. I'm not saying girls don't either because girls love to win too. I mean, I'm a very competitive person. I want to win, but I also want to know why we're doing stuff. And you might need to little have that a little bit more of an emotional connection with them, a more of a, not necessarily a friendship, but more of a mentor mentee type of relationship. And I think women, especially who have been players in the game, 100% understand that and have a better feel of how to, to navigate that. And I think you see this new wave of coaching on both the men and women in coaching where that is a very central piece of being a successful coach, having the soft skills, being able to motivate the kids and not in a, I'm going to run you if you do something wrong, but more of a, you know, a collective collaborative effort to we're reaching team goals that we set together and those things. And I think women tend to, again, have more of those soft skills as an inherent piece of what they do and they can be very successful in that environment and, we just got to put them out there. We got to put them out there because I had great women coaches. So it never even crossed my mind that I couldn't be a great coach. And I think we just need to put more women in that environment so we can raise the next generation of great coaches. One thing that I love that you mentioned uh, that you mentioned was the fact that you had a lot of great, strong, supportive female role models around you. And I remember in talking with Laurel O'Neill Thornton, she told me that was the motivator for her is that she had those examples she had that support and she had those role models that she could look to that encouraged her especially when 
she would get into the good old boys club or whatever. And, you know, she was may not have been looked upon fondly uh, for wanting to coach boys, um, that kind of thing. And she said that was just such an important piece to her. I agree. I mean, um, it's it's easy to, and I think represent, representation, not just men and women, but, you know, of all different types of minorities and, and backgrounds and, and, whatever, whatever you have, I think being able to see yourself makes it a lot more, it makes it a lot easier, more real. So you can become that. So I had great female role models. I had great female coaches and I can look at them and I can say, I know how they act and I can take things away from what they do, where I can see myself being that person and doing those things. When you have a male coach as a female player, not saying that's not possible. There's definitely things that you can pick out, but there's always this discrepancy of, I don't think they fully understand who I am. There will always be that discrepancy. And, th- and it's the same for me coaching boys. There will always be a discrepancy. I don't know what they're going through and being able to step back and, and admit that is part of that empathetic process that I'm talking about. So it's not like it, that it's not that there's anything impeding me from coaching boys and on the flip side, men coaching girls, but it's just something like, you know, there's always going to be something there that prevents me from fully, truly understanding that experience. And I think that's why women in, in being role models in that, in that environment are so important. We fully understand, especially if you played at a high level, you get it, you know, and you yeah. get it. And like, I think the game is slightly different between men and women, the higher you get, like, it's just, it's just different. And I think it's so good to have other girls, other women around that, have been there before because you, then you know how to act and you know how to, you know how to carry yourself through that situation. And you have someone to lean on who that you can really, really trust. We're talking to Erica Yon, uh, West Virginia soccer association, Olympic development program coach recently just got her uh, U S soccer federation C license. Um, obviously you're familiar with the WVSA plus one program, which is the coaching initiative here in the state to get more women into coaching uh, what are your thoughts on the program? It's an amazing initiative. I think a big barrier for everybody for some of these licenses is the cost. You know, some clubs do sponsor, you know, I'm lucky enough that my club did sponsor my license. And if you do not have that luxury, it is an extremely, extremely expensive process between getting there, traveling there, the licenses itself, the licenses themselves. So the plus one program is so nice because it, it removes one of those barriers. It says, you know, don't let cost be a barrier, go do this, learn to love it. And then, you know, it allows people like me to kind of give back to the um, foundations of, of, coaching and, and, and some players that are or players who are turning into coaches and people that are turning into coaches that are coming after me to kind of, you know, I'm climbing the ladder and I get to take you with me, you know? So I, it's such an amazing program to be able to sponsor other aspiring coaches um, and people who might not want to get into it just because costs might be a barrier to them. And one thing people can do to find out more about this program is go to our website, wvsoccer.net, click on coaching, and then you'll find the plus one program. And I think a lot of people don't understand is 
what we're attempting to do at least early on is to get more women into coaching at the grassroots level because that's where the licensing starts with so whether it's the 4v4 the 7v7 9v9 11v11 we get through that but we're also looking for people like erica that have that interest in going beyond and going to the d license going to get the cbna and following them along in the process and helping them financially with the cost of the course with the cost of travel with the cost of hotels and things along that lines whatever expenses that they have so if we have somebody that is going through the process that is really really serious about doing that the wvsa plus one program wants to do whatever we can to help that person get through the process and you know inevitably get more women into coaching so and of course we're always looking uh we rely solely on donations from individuals from clubs from corporations so if you're interested in sponsoring uh, a, a woman getting a woman into coaching and getting her licensed. Uh, we can certainly do that just by visiting our website, wvsoccer.net. Click on coaching, then click on the plus one program. Erica Yon, thank you so much for coming on the program today and talking to us about your licensing and women in coaching. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the show. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network or find us on our social media platforms at WV Soccer. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.